Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Wade Baskin. He is a doctor of physical therapy, and we are going to be talking about exposing the truth and busting some myths. And while I have your attention, subscribe to my channel right now. Do it now. Welcome, Wade. Great to be here, Amber, and I, I applaud you for being so bold to bring me on because, you know, oh, Lord. What, yeah, uh, I run, I do a live show also, and I mean, I have a, a really cool local following because it's always about, oh, what's he going to say now? Because yes, I am, <laughs> I do have a doctorate in physical therapy, um, been practicing for 30 years, and I've been there and done that, so I have that credential, but my biggest credentials are that uh, the results that I've gotten, and we'll talk more about that but yeah you know when we go into what you and I are going to speak about so many people look to us uh, the people with the white lab coats and especially our physicians uh, who do all these wonderful medical tests and whatnot and that's supposed to we're supposed to get bills of health from my blood test right and um you know I kind of I, I can't say that I'm just to offer but is what is what we offer is that the end all be all i mean in my opinion and in my humble so humble opinion absolutely not medicine has contribution physical therapy has contribution doctors of whatever have contribution but we are not the end all be all uh, you have to look to people and amber's one of these and i love uh, let me tell y'all for those of you watching this you've got to go through her feed it's a clinic it is you it is a tutorial beyond uh, what you would expect. I, as a trained professional, and I reach out for the truth. I'll use Amber a lot of the time because I want to see, I want to see what she, she does the work. She digs it up. She goes and finds the resources because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care who you are, where you're coming from, what your credentials are. The truth is out there. And for those of you who are coming from a dogmatic approach, you got to believe, I don't care what you believe in, what's the truth. And that's my whole approach and I did it in my profession. I had to question what I was doing because if you are truly trying to help yourself, trying to help your loved ones, trying to help others, you have to look for the truth. I don't care what your belief is. I don't care if you believe in vegetables, plant-based, vegan, carnivore, whatever. Is it working? And, and then if not, okay, we'll keep digging until you find something that actually works. It gets results in restoring true health, not just a blood test, but true health. And what does that mean? How do you move? How do you feel? How do you look? Okay. Do you have any inflammation levels? You know, do you have ailments going on? Traditional medicine is really good when you develop a pathology, you get sick, you get a disease, you know, an acute disease. Well then, yeah, yeah, we're good at that. But chronic disease, now where does chronic disease come from? We'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Uh, continues to just grow. So if you look for the truth, the truth is if we knew what we were doing, uh, chronic disease would be diminishing, going away. So all of our established uh, uh, health um, associations, World Health Organization, um, oh. all those folks fall apart. That's the truth. Look at the stats. It's even their stats, you know, Look at heart disease, look at stroke, look at diabetes. Now Alzheimer's called type three diabetes on the rise. If we knew what we were doing, then, you know, they would truly call us and we could earn the title health professional. I'm really not trained as a health professional. I'm trained as a 
professional. I'm a, I'm a pathology professional. I'm a disease professional. I work on pathology once it's developed. So I'm working on the mechanical side. But you know what I have to really focus on? And this is where it really came to just hit me in the face. I have to focus on things that aren't just classic. Things like a diet. Hmm, go figure. What you eat actually matters. <laughs> and, and, and I'll go ahead and give you this here. I, and and you're, you're a proponent of this as well. But this is just the absolute truth. Most people in, in our country and probably around the world do not associate their diet with their health. They think they should just continue to eat what they want. Mm -hmm. And then when something goes wrong, well, they go to their physician. Next thing you know, they think they got a Celebrex deficiency, um, a metformin deficiency. Now that I mean, so <laughs> diabetes is still considered a progressive disorder, not a dietary disease. It's a dietary disease. You treat it with diet. Okay. Why are we, why do we still, these chronic diseases are just continuing to manifest and yet we just manage them but there are actual methodologies you can use to reverse them. And how do you do that? In my opinion, it's simple, not necessarily easy, but the more you move back toward a true homo sapien lifestyle, an approach that includes diet, that includes sleep, stress management. Okay. Are you getting any sun? We're creatures of the sun. What about putting your feet on the ground? you know, grounding. Most people have never even heard of earthing or grounding. Mm -hmm. These are tenets of health that have just been forgotten. And I, I have to give Paul, Dr. Paul Saladino, a little credit here. He calls it the remembering, you know, and all of his approaches. And he's a nose to tail guy. You need eat animals, nose to tail. And that makes sense because why would you eat an animal and just eat the muscle meat, you know, mm -hmm. all the time, you know, back in the day, our genetics were still designed like our hunter gatherer. Um, ancestors but yet we've moved so far away from that and we're wondering why we're falling apart well our practices have moved so far away from that where we're just literally mm -hmm. falling apart as a society and then there's people like you there's people like me and then there's a lot of other influencers that are putting the word out but what happens to us from the mainstream what do we get yeah i've got a lot of crap this week actually that's <laughs> right. what that's what we i've get, got <laughs> we get beat up and i think it was oh, so beat up those people aren't looking for the truth they have a dogmatic mm -hmm. belief or a special interest because if you mm -hmm. do follow the money and if that's that's kind of the yeah if you follow the money there's so much money in the grain industry there's so much money in the plant-based industry and yep. it's and it's and I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at you right now. I'm telling you this. You're not gonna see it go away. You're not gonna see Beyond Burger disappear, Beyond Beef. You're you're not gonna you're gonna see more and more and more mm -hmm. a pushback on healthy practices such as yep. eat good healthy, you know, a regenerative farming practice, uh, meats and dairy and all that good animal-based nutrition, you're going to get pushed back there because that's supposed to be a problem now for some reason. That's what got us here as a species, <laughs> yeah. but right now it's supposed to be a problem. Oh, but we're supposed to eat more. Um, oh, let's eat some more of that green stuff, right? That the cows are eating. Let's go ahead. We'll eat that now. And um, with our little- Skip one, the middle man. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we've gone so far off the reservation and, and you're going to see more of that because that's where the money is. There's more profit margin in grains than there is in, say, uh, dairy um, in in the beef industry and cattle. So you're just you're. I'm sorry if you follow the money, 
there's so much momentum and, and look at uh james cameron who invested like however many millions or billions in that uh pea protein company uh, i mean when, uh, who makes pea protein I mean, when in nature have we ever taken a pea and and extracted <laughs> protein from it and made a powder yeah but um while we're on that topic i will go and address that you know a lot of people will think oh we just want everybody to eat a bunch of meat it's really yes meat is a wonderful it should be in my opinion part of our, our base of nutrition mm-hmm. uh, it's 100 percent bioavailable in terms of its nutrition it's nutritionally dense we have everything we need um and that is another problem people think that we should be following this rda but the rda has to do with uh those numbers have no evidence whatsoever and they were based on carbohydrate eating population right but when you mm-hmm. don't eat carbs or limited carbs your nutritional requirements change. that's right <laughs> so there's no right there's no expert out there that can say well you need to get 500 milligrams of vitamin c a day well you probably do if you're eating a bunch of carbs but if what if you're not what if you're not mm-hmm. eating carbs and 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 i'm not a carb i, I don't fight demon on carbs <laughs> i say you're right carbs are you know certain types of carbs are horrible and, I, and my thing is you know and i'm mm-hmm. trying to keep it simple vegetable oil grains and sugar those are your enemies. They're the devil, right? But if you're eating natural carbs, uh, okay, I'll give you that. I mean, our body is designed. It has amylase in it. We developed the AMY1 gene about 10,000 years ago or so. So we can handle carbs. But when we develop a problem, like if we're obese, overweight, hypertensive, uh, we have cardiovascular disease, we have calcium buildup in our coronary arteries, we are dying. We are going downhill. We're aging, glycation, skin's loose things like, okay, you got to look at what you're doing, not just your diet, but yeah, number one diet, I'm, I'm going to go there. And then, yeah, we got to talk about your sleep. We got to talk about mm. your, you know, what about some, you know, some, some simple practices. Stress management. Back those, that's, that's a killer. It really is your cortisol <laughs> levels go up. I don't My care issue. if you all day yeah. or not. You know, if you're stressed mm-hmm. out while you're eating this yep. perfect carnivore diet, you can still that's die right. a really miserable death, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, I think diet sure. has its place. And, and in fact, in my opinion, it's probably the most important because that's what we do every day. We, most of us think we yep. have to eat every day. And so what you put in you, especially in, in my opinion, I honestly think um, vegetable oil is probably the scourge of the earth because there's so much of it everywhere mm, you go. In, in everything. Mm-hmm. And your body's going to use that. It's actually going to take that and think it's a real fat and it's going to use it to create your cell membranes. And that's what you're going to be made out of and you wonder why you're developing answers this level of influence you're eating a healthy diet no you're not <laughs> so, uh, but your mainstream so medical true. practitioners unfortunately is the the you know the plants the the non-saturated fatty uh, they're still saying healthy heart healthy you. but you mm. yes healthy fats mm-hmm. right you oh, want those poly those poofies <laughs> oh, oh yeah we want those so well but you well, wait is i can't really i can't get anyone and i've tried it um for 20 years i've been trying to get people healthy using mm. all the polyunsaturated fatty acids limiting fat saturated fat going i even went low carb with people but we were on <laughs> grains and those those complex carbs right and i just could we, it was a struggle autoimmune disease is still running rampant i've never seen this much autoimmune disease in my last 10 it's years it's crazy yeah it is going nuts. I don't yeah. get, we call them polys, by the way, when somebody comes in, instead of going, oh, my shoulder, 
uh, my back, my elbow. That's my practice. Now it's, well, my shoulder hurts, but I mean, I can't even turn my neck and my left hip. My, my toes are killing me. My, my hands are tight in the morning. They, they just have this list of complaints. And the physician's like, just pick the worst area and work on. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's not your physical therapist doesn't need to sit there and work on every aspect of what's bothering them. You got to look at, again, those health practices and diet being number one. And I have to say one of my success, most successful approaches generically, you know, when you're trying to keep it simple, you're seeing a lot of people and you treat it like military, you got to triage people. One of my most common things that I do that's been working over the last, say, 15 years that I've been doing this consistently is the no nightshade approach for people that have arthritis. I mean, I'll just take mm -hmm. nightshades out immediately, four weeks, no nightshades, and then see where we are. And then we start to play with the other. I have a four-step process I've broken it down into because you got to keep it simple. You got to keep it at eighth grade level or people just won't, you know, they don't understand you. And, um, but you, you got to be careful too. Because if you buck the mainstream, you know, because in the news and, in oh. the, and they go to their doctor's office and their cholesterol is a little up, you know, and they're going to go, oh, we got to put you on a statin. And then I'm going, wait a minute. No, we're made of cholesterol. That's what your brain's made of. You know, over 65% of your white matter is that. And so cholesterol is actually good for you. You need to eat it. They, well, they said, I can't eat, I have cholesterol because, you know, my cholesterol is high. Well, when you eat cholesterol, it doesn't convert to serum cholesterol elevation. No. So, but, and your body's going to make it anyway. If you don't yeah, eat it, it's going to make it, it so, anyway. I mean, if it's so, so bad, right. That's a great yeah. point. I love that one. Because people are like, oh, I can't have cholesterol. Well, like, mm -hmm. are you going to tell your body to quit making it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll take a statin. That might help it a little bit. <laughs> well, do you remember that commercial they had? Um, yeah, you and I are about the same age. But I mean, you look like two decades younger. Um, but where they had the the heavy person they were sitting on a log facing away and there was a heavy person and a skinny person and the heavy person had a normal class mm. and the skinny had a high that's a, a person with a normal body composition and saying yeah but your cholesterol's up so we need to put you on a statin because statins back in the day were considered the save all of humanity you know still are and now we've got people falling apart yeah they're, they're falling apart from their chronic disorder but now in statin, many statins, uh, many patients with statins have these multiple body aches and pains. And um, this is the problem I've had as a physical therapist. We'll identify that. And there will be no reason for these people to have this polyarthralgia. And the only thing we can see is in their history, well, they're on the statin. They'll call it. We'll get them to call their physician. They'll call them and say, can we do a little trial run without? And they're like, oh, no, you know, you're going to die. Your cholesterol is too high. If you let your cholesterol go up, it'll clog your arteries. And, you know, like Dr. Khan, the, uh, the vegan heart surgeon said, mm -hmm. this thing is like, well, I've never pulled out a, um, a, a, a plaque in an artery that's made out of um, plants or whatever. Um, <laughs> he, he says made out of cholesterol. So cholesterol is the enemy. Well, my thing is, well, cholesterol is only doing its job because of the damage that's, right. that's being done by other food substances. So inflammation to to block cholesterol is like trying to tell the fireman, Hey, don't go put out that fire over there. That's you know, right. Look at what's causing the fire and let's work on that end. And have you not noticed this? And we have several patients that have done this. They went on like a carnivore type approach. They usually go like paleo or keto. And then they kind of see the light and they're like, all right, I got to get rid of these vegetables, I guess. And they, they then do a carnivore approach and then they get their heart test or especially coronary artery calcium score mm -hmm. and it went down when yes. they were eating meat. That's or went right. Down to like zero. And you're like, that's right. What? That's even though their cholesterol might have risen a little. 
But yeah, well, we're it's ma- usually yeah. due to the good cholesterol. Absolutely. HDL. And, and I'm, that was you know, my I'm case. Just, I've stepped away from that now in my practice because I just had to, because I honestly think cholesterol is just, well, excuse my French, but I think it's, it's our current concepts on cholesterol is a load of BS, bullcrap. Because we're using it wrong. Cholesterol by itself doesn't say anything. And you can no. try to get into the small particle, the density and all this stuff. And, the, and you can try to say good versus bad. But the bottom mm. line is we're made of it. Okay. And cholesterol is going to do its job no matter what. So the way you trigger bad cholesterol is not by eating substances with cholesterol or fat in it. We've proven that already. Now, it's not out in the open. Again, guys, look for the truth here. Um, you're, you're eating other substances that your body's reacting to. And that's usually going to be on the side of artificial foods, processed foods, plant stuff, because yes, those plants, even though your granny and your mother and all told you to eat them and they're supposed to be good for you, they have these things called anti-nutrients. They're protecting themselves from predators. And those things keep you from being able to absorb all the little vitamins and minerals they're supposed to have. Not only that, you're going to react to them in some way over time. It won't kill you right now. It's over time. That can't be true though. Wait, I mean, come on. We all know. Well, because yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have so much science that says otherwise, right? Oh, speaking of that, let's, let's answer this question for me. Is science settled? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No, (laughs) science number one is never settled. And in fact, if you get deep into the scientific community, all you it's like politics it's a debate it is a an extreme debate because you have some scientists that don't want to open their they don't want to look for the truth they want to prove a point yes and and i've done this before i actually had a company approach me when i was doing my meta-analysis back when i was finishing my doctorate i had a company approach me saying that i don't know how i got in their database i mean i did some online stuff and this is back in um when I finished this doctorate, it was 2008, I was doing this research and I was approached by a company that said, we can help for you pay them and then they can actually help you create the outcome you want. They can uh, jerry-rig your data no. to make it look like, well, and if you go get the book, The China Study, I mean, just look at that. I, I'll never forget when I first read it, I thought it was the greatest thing ever based on what the reviews were and what everybody was saying. But as a, tra- a real science, a man of science that understands how research is supposed to be done, as I was reading through the book, it just, it was hitting me in the face nonstop. I'm like, what's wrong with this? There's something wrong here. And I'd go look through their data and they were making faulty conclusions because the data was not showing what they were saying in their conclusion. And so I'm like, what's going on here? And I, I thought something was wrong with the way I was reading the research. And I kept doing it over and over again. I'm going, this book is a piece of crap. What's going And I found out later on, of course, now we know it's a big propaganda piece. I mean, mm-hmm. milk and dairy is supposed to cause diabetes, according to the China study. And the more animal-based products you eat, the more diabetes you get in these areas of India or Indonesia or wherever they were doing the study. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, the data so. number one didn't show it. And they were cherry picking their data, kind of like Ansel Keys did back in the 50s. To yes, show that saturated that fat. For yeah. you and sugar is supposed to be good. These were deals worked. I mean, all this plant-based stuff, all this sugar stuff, if you go back and you look at the history of when it all started, like veganism is what, about a hundred years old. Um, and you look at the origins of it, it has basis in religion more than science. And uh-huh. then you get, when it, when it comes to the science part, the American Heart Association was funded 
had to be funded by Procter and Gamble early on around in the 1920s because they were a fledgling organization. And there's this really cool byproduct that the military was using. They called it vegetable oil. And <laughs> hey, mm. this is going to be healthy stuff here. We want you to replace your animal fats with this. And next thing mm -hmm. you know, the American Heart Association is telling us now <laughs> polyunsaturated fats that it wasn't even, a, it's not even made from vegetables, you know, they're healthy calling, on everything. Right. And we're still doing it to this day. If you think about the last 100 years, ooh, 50 years, even worse. And in the 80s, our obesity rates just doubled when the USDA came out with their food pyramid in 77. And then, oh, we're supposed to be eating six small meals a day to keep our blood sugar regulated. And, and if you look at the plate, you know, if we didn't have shipping lanes, we would never be able to eat all these kind of foods. You know, you're not supposed to eat foods all year round, all fr fruits, vegetables. I mean, th there's these things called seasons, uh -huh. there's called the ice age when there wasn't any vegetation, but yet we uh -huh. still thrive. But they all suffered from scurvy and, you know, heart attacks <laughs> right, and stuff. Right, right. And it was well known by sailors back in the day that fresh meat fixed scurvy, but you don't, <laughs> fresh meat didn't get the credit the orange did, right? Uh, exactly. The lemon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, I actually yep. got a, I have a picture of of um of that 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 event on um it was given to me by a physician that since passed on and retired he retired and then he passed on he gave me this picture of um the the, the scurvy academic epidemic and the sailors all laid out in their in their um in the boat and the little physicians were going around giving them lemons and oranges they were giving them citrus you know uh, they weren't giving them like fresh meat. <laughs> so. Yeah, fresh meat. That's the thing because they were given what was it called? I don't know. What is Turkey. it? The, uh, yeah, that kind Our of stuff. And tack, right? Tack, which was yes. basically a flour bomb, a carb bomb of nastiness. Mm -hmm. And so you have the the meat that's not fresh, which they didn't even have that much of that, but a whole lot of the tack. Right. Well, what do you expect? Look, we're smart. If you think about it, Amber, we're super smart. And we are a smart species. We'll figure out how to eat plastic if it'll keep us <laughs> alive. I mean, I mean, so yeah, when when the animal population started to dwindle, we started figuring out, hey, we can dig this root up mm -hmm. here and put water to it. We we've got a we've got a soup, you know, and uh we'll figure out how to how to survive. I mean, thank goodness we did figure out how to you know, take that grass out there and grind it up and make this thing called bread. Now that's been a staple in our diet for thousands of years now, yeah. but that's not what we subsist and thrive off of. Thrive. Over. Big difference. And it, yeah. And it'll give us energy. Why do you think, you know, when we eat carbs, it kind of hits the same part of our brain uh -huh. uh, that some drugs do, you know, um, it's, it's a dopamine hit. It's a good motivating strategy. It gives you that energy. So you finally can go maybe get a kill so you can have some actual nutrition that will be used by your body for recovery, uh, rejuvenation and repair. You know, we, we don't think about things like that. And everybody also now today, they, they think they need to eat six to three times a day, which nowhere in human history have we ever done that. Yeah. I mean, just not too long ago, uh, people were just skipping a day. You know, they just didn't have any food. So they went a day without food. Now you're told if you go three days without what is it? Three days without water, you die. And three weeks without food, you die or something like that. And I'm no, there's people fasting for, I mean, you go back um, uh -huh. the the book, Fasting the Cure back in 19. Banting. It was over 300 and something days. Oh yeah. yeah that the guy from Scotland that, um, yeah. yeah, 360, 369 days. I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Food is, I mean, fasting has been a part of our, it's actually, and this is what I teach a lot of my patients. We're actually designed, our physiology is designed to be more fasted than fed because when we overfeed we develop 
chronic disease. When mm -hmm. we underfeed, well, we live longer. We're going to be seeing more and more uh, plant-based initiatives, uh, more and more uh, unhealthy initiatives, because again, that's where most of your profit is. That's who's funding a lot of the education. Mm -hmm. There's so much more money over on that side of the equation than say in the meat industry, the beef industry, the dairy industry, there's not much profit margin, not much, not much profit, not much money there. Right. So much over here. And right. so we're not going to see this go away, but thankfully there's this thing called the internet. And there are a lot of professionals that do like myself that do stand outside of our mainstream training and just look, is it, is it working? And then if it's not, well then find who's getting results where we're trying to get those results and see what they're doing. Apply the scientific method, use your scientific background, because yes, if we've gone all the way through physical therapy school, medical school, any kind of other professional school, we've proven ourselves, we can be intelligent. That doesn't necessarily mean we're very smart, but <laughs> we can be pretty intelligent. If we can take that intelligence and search for the truth in getting results with our health mm -hmm. and move in those directions, then we'll be okay. But right now we're stuck in a big system. You feel bad, you go to your physician, you get medication. If that doesn't work, okay, we'll try some more. If that doesn't work, then we might need to do some more diagnostic testing, send you to a specialist. They're going to give you some more medication or it might even result in an eventual surgery. So that you basically have medication, injection, surgery on the mainstream medical side. And then there's this little fuzzy area where physical therapists come in and we can work on the physical, mechanical side of the equation where there's breakdown. And then when I get in there and I look at that, I'm going, okay, well, how are you fueling or not fueling yourself? That's when we get into the dietary conversation. And that's when we start saying, okay, look, if you want to get rid of all your aches and pains, you don't have a mechanical problem in your shoulder just because there's no reason. And these are people that have not hurt themselves. They've insidiously over time developed chronic aches and pains mm -hmm. and their C-reactive protein levels are high. Or, and if that's not high, sometimes we'll get a high sensitivity C-reactive protein to see what they're running. If their sed rate's there, well, then their, their CRP is probably going to be up too. So these levels of inflammation, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, we consider osteoarthritis an actual autoimmune disorder. I mean, you, you don't just develop osteoarthritis because you're aging. No, there are plenty of people that age well without that. Okay, what are they doing? Everybody says, well, I got bad genes. Well, if you have bad genes, you have to express that genetic code that you might have. Yes. Epigenetics, right? <laughs> So how are you triggering those bad genes to where you're going to develop your ailments, right? If your mom died at 50 and you want to live longer, well, don't do the same thing she was doing, you know? And if diet is a part of that, but again, Amber, as we've discussed, there's more to it than just diet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Diet is the biggest, one of the biggest mm -hmm. problems we have right now because we've moved so far away from our species specific diet that now, and, and we think we're so smart that we can eat all these uh, synthetic foods and chemicals and we're going to be okay. We're not. And it's showing up in the stats. We're dying, slow, miserable deaths. We're living longer because our technology allows us to do that, but the quality of life is going down. Okay. Yes. And yeah, our infant mortality rate is good because we're really good at neonatal. You know, we, we can save lives there and we can extend lives. But when you look on each end and we'll look in the middle, see what's happening in the middle, chronic diseases through the roof, autoimmune diseases, I've never seen so much of it in my entire career. I've been doing this for 30 years. For the last 10 years, it has been insane. So I can't, as a physical therapist, do physical therapy only on them. I have to address 
the dietary side, the lifestyle side. I love that. Oh my God. I love that. Well, and it, and it works, you know, I had a guy come in yesterday and balance problem, vestibular issue, low back pain, can't stand up straight. You know, now he was like that and he came in for a follow-up. I hadn't seen him in about four weeks. We did a six week run with him and he said, he came in, he's all happy. And he's like, I've, I haven't felt this good since I was in my thirties. And I said, well, what do you think the biggest part of that was? And he said, well, it's not all that meat you made me eat. <laughs> like, well, I didn't make you eat meat. I said, I suggest, I lay out suggestions and on, I'm always trying to get their protein up. Older people are scared of meat. So we just mm. protein, right? And I give them choices in there and they'll, oh, every one of them like a steak. So they'll con their wife into making a little more steak, some more eggs, and then leave off the, uh, the biscuit, you know, and <laughs> hey, even throw in some bacon. Oh, they love that. So he got in more protein, but he didn't believe that had anything to do with it. He absolutely, and he said, I felt better every time I did this. Simple fact, I'd make him go sit outside for 10 minutes, put his feet on the ground, get in the sun or in the clouds. Mm. It didn't matter. As long as his feet were on the ground, he thinks grounding is why he's doing so great. It had nothing to do with the therapy. Too the funny. Diet. He thinks putting his feet on the ground. So that's, and he sold on that. And every day he is outside, even when it rains, he'll go sit on his porch and make sure he's getting his foot on the ground. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> and he, that's his, that's his thing. And so, you know, but that's a basic tenet. We used to ground all the time. We used to have earth current going through us. And there's good science that shows literally measurable reductions in inflammation when you ground. Yeah, that's putting your feet on the ground, people. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. You can literally walk outside. You know how people always feel good when they go to the beach? They think it's, oh, I'm now Toes in the sand. Yeah, they're grounding. <laughs> they're grounding there. And I, I think that's a wonderful practice. And some people haven't had their bare feet on the ground in 20 years. And, and then they wear all these orthotics and cushiony shoes. And next thing you know, they're wearing a, a cloud. And then they fall and break something because they can't balance on those shoes. And then I have to come in and work on that. And that could have been prevented, you know? So, yeah. I only wear shoes, only wear shoes when I leave my house. And that's in the form of barefoot glitter. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm barefoot. All, I'm barefoot right now. I would show you, but you know, whatever. Well, I'm curious on your end, if you don't mind me asking you a few questions. I know you're interviewing mm-hmm. me. But, yeah, go um, for it. Do you, uh, do you implement, are you, at this stage, since you have, you've, you've gone from unhealthy too healthy. You've changed your physiology. You've held it. That's my goal. I always get, we got to get strict to get somebody healthy. And then we got to hold on to it. And then it becomes the new you. You've done that. Now, do you, at this stage, do you use fasting strategies? Well, I kind of naturally do it every day. I don't like, you know, oh, I'm going to fast from here to here. I don't, I I just don't eat. I'm not talking about intermittent. I'm talking about, do you do any fasting. No, I haven't okay. in a while. And I will, I will right. tell you the main reason why is because I, I, I have really high cortisol levels at this point. And so, so I am chilling on a lot of that kind of stuff. Anything's overly strenuous, um, over fasting, those kind of things. That is a good point because I've had this conversation before. So many people, when they jump on fasting, they think it's the end all be all, Mm -hmm. but fasting can be a very stressful, especially on the female side of the equation. Mm -hmm. And especially for the females who are in the, um, uh, childbearing years. Yes. I I really have to, man, the, the kids that try to jump on fasting in that age group, you know, everybody knows me. I I run a fasting community. I have a Facebook group where I've had over 400 people lose on average at like 80 pounds. 
And so we've done fantastic work using a fasting strategy. These are the people that needed it though. And we had to weed out so many eating disorders and, and young women that are working on having kids and they're going to try to do all this fasting to lose weight. I'm like, no, Mm -mm. I mean, I I don't know if you follow the um, strong sisters. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I've had them on the podcast. Yeah. They have a wonderful journey they've gone through and and aggressive. And that was my first concern when I started following them. They were already pretty lean. And um, so I was really curious. I was concerned about that. I honestly don't think young women or any women. Well, now I think once you get peri and postmenopausal, you can do a lot more with your body, but for younger women to do this thing where they get shredded, mm-hmm. uh, I, I do kind of question the healthiness of that. Right. I do too. Frequently in, you know, in, um, experience dysmenorrhea, amenorrhea. Yes. Um, yeah. And they have difficulty. It's not like the gymnast. I I've worked with gymnasts for years and my daughter was a thing. gymnast. Yeah. And once they get super competitive, get into the collegiate years, that's when they start yep. noticing, okay, we got to, right. Do so, and it stunts your growth too. My daughter was always very well, yeah. small. She was one of the smalls, always small. And then she had an injury and she couldn't do everything that she normally would do. And all of a sudden she grew like three inches. It was ridiculous. And then she had to relearn. So even a kip, she had to like, she because like, everything in is the off world? that center goes yes. off. Yeah. That yeah. your mechanics are yeah. completely off. Yeah. And that's exactly right. So yes. Well, so that's, I'm glad you, you, you answered that question like that, because again, I, I see so many people still trying to push fasting. Mm-hmm. I've got a few in my little group. Mm-hmm. They like to, they just, they just want to fast. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. fasting is a good tool to get you it where is. you need to be. And if you miss a day here and there of eating, if you're metabolically flexible, great. You can handle it. Mm-hmm. Your body knows how to do it and you're not going to suffer. Starve. Um, Starve. Right. Well, now if you've been eating carbs the day before, so, oh yeah, you'll, <laughs> <it's gonna> be, <laughs> the next day you're going to go. Yeah, I'm really hungry. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to work today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, okay. And as far as fasting goes, when a lot of people, you know, engage in that, I really, I'm a proponent of it. And I do like Mm -hmm. when people do eat more meat, but I am Mm -hmm. a relative nose to tail proponent. I don't think we're meant to eat just meat only all the time. Mm -hmm. That's why I do depart a little from Sean Baker. You can do it and be healthier than if you're eating a plant-based diet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've, I did it. I did it for 12 weeks straight, muscle meat only, never felt better. But then after a while you start to go, huh? And then you, cause you change all the time. You're not going to be yes, this you do. three months ago. You might need to do a little change up little organ here and there might be just what you need, you know, because it makes sense mm-hmm. for us to actually eat more like we're designed to Organs weren't an everyday thing per se, but every now and then when you eat those organs, they're filled with nutrients you don't get as much of through meat. Um, so and I, I totally do- agree with that, but ugh, now say I that again. Can't. I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah. As far as eating. Oh, I yeah. can't do it. I've tried. <laughs> you have to watch so- my video. I've tried. <laughs> I am. I'm right there with you, sister. It is like there. I can. Mm-hmm. Um. Beef liver, I have to kind of work with in some way. I, the people that do all this raw stuff, I've tried it. It's just- I can eat it raw. You can. You can do it. I can Because you can't taste that nastiness. But the texture is gosh awful. Right. It's, so, it's like bad sushi almost. <laughs> it's so bad. And I don't like sushi either. So Right. I can do, and, and I've had some people in my area, they'll do chicken livers and I'll let them cook it the way they want, you know? And so mm-hmm. hopefully we're getting in a little bit there. 
But yeah. uh, and chicken liver is okay. It's not as strong and good as beef liver, but it's it it's good. Yeah. It gives them more than than what they're getting. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. And so we've had in my area here, we've had tremendous success. And in my online group, uh, we've had tremendous success using the carnivore approach. Not, mm-hmm. And we'll go very strict to get them through some problems they're having. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like any health regimen that you embark on. You've got to get strict. You got to take your medication, just like the physician says. You got to take the antibiotics, whatever you're on. You got to do it until you get rid of your ailment. Well, when we're storing health, if you're unhealthy, let's say you're overweight, not getting sleep, you got skin issues, hormone issues, right? Well, you've got to get strict in order to mitigate those, or not mitigate symptoms, but actually correct the problems. You have to be strict. You can't just do a little carnivore and then on the weekend, well, I'm going to eat carbs and and or have your cheat days that mm-hmm. you got to earn that you got to get healthy mm-hmm. first. So I'm always telling my patients, all right, yep. time to get healthy. What are we going to do here? And then we do the analysis, 21 page analysis here. Um, well, I mean, I, I do, I take a functional medicine approach on the examination because you got to look at their lifestyle. You have to, I love it. And then, and then you did, then you look at, and the part of that is what well, their diet, their sleeping, their, their relationship with their rel, their family and their friends, their community. That's another health tenant. A lot of people, think they can be isolationist and be alone and be healthy. It's very tough to be alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we've seen this past year and a half, whatever it's been. Oh my gosh. My horrifying. clinic, why I was late with you today. I have so many people that it's, we're getting this huge boom because people weren't allowed to get out and about, and, and some of them were just scared to death. So stress mm-hmm. levels up, cortisol mm-hmm. up, biomechanical issues that were there are just getting worse. And so they're all back in the clinic now, you know, for a little while until the Delta variant comes and scares everybody away. <laughs> no, just stop. I am. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go there unless you take me there. But yeah. So they're they're now coming out in droves, and even most physical therapy clinics are very busy. And what we're seeing is yes, this return of people from COVID that was they were just beaten up from COVID. They're stiff, multiple aches and pains, and they just got unhealthy. I've had, I've done more cardiac patients in the last two months than I have in years. Wow. Um, well, think about it. I mean, you take people that have chronic, any kind of chronic disease, isolate them. Mm-hmm. They're already going to have a mental component because mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's face it. Humans are only meant to have pain or a problem for about three weeks. And then we start going kind of crazy. Think about that. And then you isolate mm-hmm. people that have these chronic ailments Yes, metabolically, they're going to go down. Mentally, they're going to go down. They're not getting healthier being by themselves. Now, they might be, you know, getting away from this virus. It's eventually going to find its way around. You know, they might be hiding from that and feel safe for that moment. But meanwhile, everything else is going down. Is it really worth that? And I think the previous lockdown method showed that it's not. And our our Mm -hmm. health just fully declined. I think we lost. Mm -hmm. They won't promote this on mainstream media. But I mean, in some circles, you'll see some really good studies and reports on how many people yep. we lost due to suicide was through the roof. I, I lost a personal friend to that because of mm. that. It was overseas. And so we, we we're seeing these numbers from, you know, the, the pandemic that have nothing to do with actual, the COVID, the wild virus causing the mm-hmm. problem. Right. It's, it's our response to it. And so, yeah, uh, we're, we're very busy. We're very busy right now. And, wow. I, it makes sense. But at the same time, God 
dang, that's sad. And then you think about these little kids who were born into this, my, my little granddaughter, I mean, you know, she's, she's two, she turned two in, in uh, January. So she's been in the midst of this, but luckily she's been able to be around enough people, but she wasn't around kids. She was around dogs. So when she finally got to be around little kids, she'd want to pet them and kiss them and hug them she just wanted to touch them like she does her dogs and you know some of the little kids are like whoa what is going on with this because you know they weren't around kids either and so here's it so yeah it's just it's a sad situation and and so much health decline mental mental decline it is it is i've seen a lot of that and it's heartbreaking just heartbreaking it is and hopefully we've learned our lesson from that moving forward because (laughs) There's supposed to be a few rounds of this thing coming through. We'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. And I think a lot of people did see the light and they're not willing to undergo some of the strict measures that we did last time. And I hope Mm -hmm. we, our claim to fame is that we, we stayed in operation and we never had one case transmitted through our practice at all. Awesome. People taken care of. We did some tele, did a little bit of telehealth, but I really focused on keeping people active through this process getting them outside. So many people were even scared to go outside. You'll still see them walking around. They'll they'll have their mask on walking. Uh I see that occasionally. Oh yeah. You'll see people driving with masks on. I'm like, well, number (laughs) one masks themselves, you know, are highly questionable in terms of their ability to actually prevent transmission. And so, um, so for somebody just to be wearing it out on a trail somewhere walking or in their car, they're probably causing more harm. They're definitely not helping themselves. So yeah, we've, We've been through we've been through a very tough time with that, and I'm glad mm-hmm. to be on the tail end. Well, hopefully, we will not have the politicians and government and our large medical agencies clamp down and try to do this lockdown thing again. It's just not um, I amenable to health. It's really not. And the more metabolically healthy you are, the less likely you are to be sick. And no one's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that. Everybody's Except trying for to do our that. community. Right. They're trying to say, well, what about? this medication, that medication, the vaccines, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to just work on the chemical side. Well, what about right. the metabolic health side? Yeah. Because there are people that got fully exposed and never got sick, exposed three strong contact to contact face to face right there. And then they were, one of them was even not feeling well at that time. So they were contagious, we know, and I still never got it, never got any symptoms or anything. And so what about those people? Why not figure out what these people are doing and right. maybe you know, use that use as a model? That. So, right. Um, yeah. I'd say, number one, focus on metabolic health. Yes. Focus on metabolic health. Find out where your health issues are and work with your professionals and your people who know how to help others get healthy. Simple as that. That's your armor. That's your armor. That's your number one defense. It's not, you know, human history bears that out. And so I try to, again, I try to stick to what I'm good at. And what I'm really good at is I'm good at finding the truth, using the truth and restoring people's metabolic health. And it does vary, but here's some good principles. And this is where we bust some myths and really get into talking about some truth. And this is like, look, people think vegetables are good for you. I mean, well, yes. And a candy bar, an M&M is good for you. If you're about to, if you're on death's door and you're about to die, it'll save your life. But is it something you need to eat every day? No. <laughs> so, is it optimal? No. There's a big all. difference. There's, There's a big difference. difference. So really what we try to do in my practice is once we bust some of these myths about, you know, oh, you have to have fruit, you have to have vegetables, 
your iron comes from kale. <laughs> oh my um, goodness. Right. Mm. You know, I remember when kale used to be. Oh, I, I remember putting that in the oven and, and making it all uh, crispy to have little kale chips. And I thought that was great. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. Yeah. It's, and I will still eat some vegetation at times, but it's not a staple in my diet. It's just not because mm -hmm. that's not what our species ever subsisted off of. This is a modern new we're so scientific and smart now. We think we know it's best. We're going to outsmart Mother Nature, right? With it chemicals too. Mm. Huh? With chemicals. Oh, like, don't forget those chemicals because when you put those chemicals in, that's even better. But yeah, oh, yeah. It's interesting how we go so far into that realm of, I remember when uh, the, the the space program was going on and, and Tang and all the artificial food, oh, tang, yeah. fake ice cream. We were all into <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, I think I'm ice. made of that stuff. That's why I just had, that's where all my health issues came from. I mean, I used to weigh I believe it. <laughs> and I was bloated to high, high heavens doing all the good stuff. I think I was just genetically made out of bad stuff. You know, my genes were all being triggered by all this bad stuff that I was made of from the eighties, you know, because <laughs> we thought it was so cool. Yeah. 80s. Artificial <laughs> food, you know, and there's still that premise. Look at beyond burger. You know, they're oh, saying hey, the ingredient healthy alternative, right? <laughs> oh, good. How, I, this is what I don't understand. And this blows my mind. And this was one of the comments that I was telling you about that. Just, I'm just like, I, I, I just can't today anymore. And I was done with that day after this, but you have this list literally of chemical crap, seed oils, and the, I, I don't even know what all's in there. And then you have beef, one ingredient, how, 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 the person told me that it's this awesome scientific, uh, you know, great invention that isn't it awesome. Isn't it wonderful that we're able to produce this and we don't need meat anymore. Oh, good God. I was like, well, yeah. I can't even reason with somebody like that. It's just, well, you a, can't a because again, well, and, and you really can't because, and I quit arguing with the vegan when I first came out on social media and my platform took off there, um, before I got really busy in practice again, um, I, I did, I spent some time, some of my best posts that got all this attention were where I would engage with a vegan, right? Now there's, there's different types of vegans. There's your ideologue, your, um, your ethical vegan. And then you have your, the one that's just trying it to get healthy. Cause that's healthy, what they think right. they're supposed to do. Right. And what is interesting in veganism is you'll find it. it and I, I consider it more of a, like the ethical ones, that's more of an, that's more of a psychological disorder. Yes. It really should yes. be classified more as a, a disorder, an eating disorder, psychological disorder. It's not another eating methodology. It's no people that pro, profess veganism and then they argue with you about the, and they use the false science. Oh, that's just so wrong. They're justifying something that is not, not a normal human practice, but yet you'll find, this is what I find interesting about veganism is that these young people I'd say kind of close to in their thirties, you know, the kids all the way into their thirties, they can hang in with veganism for a little while, you know, uh -huh. their liver stores a certain amount of nutrition for a while. But now you and I, if we go vegan, how long do you think <laughs> we're going to last until we're like, okay, we're, we're at death store. We're falling apart. <laughs> I'd uh, say about, a month, yeah. you know, a month in and yeah. we're just six months at the most, yeah. a slow, miserable yeah. death. And you're going to see it on us, you know, mm. um, so my concern with veganism is young kids getting into it and thinking it's a mm -hmm. sustainable way because to live, health, right. healthier way to live. Right. Uh, we're not made of plants. And when you look at it from the environmental perspective, 
the, uh, the amount of vegetation we have to go and scour the planet for and rake the soil for to feed the equivalent amount of calories that you could get from another animal-based source is just ridiculous. It's so killing mm -hmm. off other species and endangered But that's species. not what you hear. That's not what no, you hear. You won't hear that. But I mean, the, the data is out there. You see it. The truth <laughs> is out there. <laughs> Good luck was, finding it. <laughs> just it's, it's harming our planet. And yet the vegans are one saying that cow farts are harming the planet. And that to me is the most insane. What about the human farts from all the plants? Good oh, yeah. God. Ooh, oh, man. I mean, they think that's natural. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the yeah. bloat that they get, you know, yeah. the salad bloat. And yeah, so uh, it's th it's we, not we, normal. But, not right. Normal. And think here you and I, we're talking about this and we're laughing about it. But I want you to think about something. This is now considered normal. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, people with heart yep. disease and people, with, and we know people with cancer, heart disease. Diabetes is considered, oh, well, my uncle has diabetes. My mom has diabetes. Everybody eventually will. It's just aging. It's thing, just a yeah. normal. Yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, to me, that is the most mind-blowing thing about being uh -huh. in this period of time. We're all so happy that we're here. Wonderful freedoms, et cetera. But yet look at our health and the decisions Terrible. we're making and mm -hmm. the information we're being fed. It is a load of crap. We've been getting mm -hmm. lied to, not intentionally. I don't think I it's an evil plan or a, or a conspiracy. I think it's supply and demand i think we demand our carbs i think it's a drug thing you know <laughs> you look from the 50s on i think there was some political influence there there's some some special interests where yeah the sugar industry and the vegetable oil and yeah there's some money you follow the money there and the faulty studies but that's what doctors well, that, and health professionals justify the money the yes. money you need them, yeah. that, that's what it's for and they'll go cherry pick those studies yeah you look at the framing mm -hmm. uh to, um the cholesterol study done yeah, out of Framingham, yeah. Massachusetts, right? And then um, look at Ansel Keys' big yes, thing he did. Exactly. Oh, that was cherry picked completely. But everybody bases their information off that. And so, like doctors, for instance, it's not that they're like trying to hurt you. It's they're not, not being that. bad. Physicians no, are the no. highest trained in pathology ever. And when you develop one, you need to go mm -hmm. see your physician. But if they're not trained in getting you well and healthy from a mm -hmm. you know a human perspective, they're going to use drugs injections and yeah, surgery that's what and they're that's, taught yeah that's what we do yeah that's what they do i'm i'm on the tail end i'm i'm the guy that sits over here and tries to do the natural thing while they give them chemicals sometimes we need it and then i try to inject a little hey let's look at the natural side over here and just get them to see the truth because again if you there people especially in their 50s and up we've been brainwashed mm -hmm. to limit fat limit meat it's mm -hmm. a carcinogen Mm -hmm. you no know, people have gotten cancer. It was blamed on the meat. We're scared to death of it. And so when I get a 60, 70, 80 year old and tell them, well, let's, let's see if you can eat another ribeye this week. They're like, oh, well, my doctor may not I like that. Know. I've already had a hamburger <laughs> this week. I'm like, okay. They're scared to death mm -hmm. because their cholesterol might go. And they're so proud of that 120 cholesterol. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're <laughs> proud of it. And of course, those are the ones who develop all the the dementia and the uh, there's more heart disease. There's more problems with low cholesterol than there is yes. with higher cholesterol. Yes. Even in that big uh, study out of Massachusetts where they showed it, that they used to validate statins. If you look at the actual mortality of people that had a cholesterol between 180 and 1000, there was no difference. Yeah. 1000. I said that there's no difference. They used a relative, um, 
versus absolute value trick you can do with statistics to say oh, yes. it doubles your risk of dying early or whatever they were using. It was a statistical trick to validate. It was not anything. Absolutely. Significant. Mm-hmm. Nothing significant showed up in that study. In fact, the director of it did come out and say that actually the ones with higher fat intakes were healthier people, you know, and so and hence keto, you know, keto is wonderful. And I love uh, me as a practitioner, I don't have a dogma. I'm looking for truth, right? So I will use a paleo approach with people. I'll use a low carb, high fat, whatever you want to call it. I'll use, um, I will use keto because a lot of people around here think keto is the bomb. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go keto and get healthy. I'll, I'll try it again this time. You know, they'll try keto. And it's really fun. I've actually had a few of Dr. Um, oh, Tennessee. Uh, what's his name? Dr. Ken Berry. Dr. Barry, I've had two of his patients come to me and they, Dr. Barry is awesome. I mean, he sits mm-hmm. and looks at people and um, these, these patients that came to me were so well-informed about the keto diet, you know, and one was a leaning toward carnivore because at the time, Dr. Barry, I think he was on his carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. And I love how he is a family practitioner of 20 some odd years and puts this information out there. That is wonderful. We need more MDs and DOs. Oh, we really jumping do. on this bandwagon because we trust our professionals and white yes. lab that draw blood from us and do special tests. We trust them. If they say eat rabbit food, we're going to do it. And that's basically uh, um, yeah, that's true. Right now, and they're falling yeah. apart. And so now they've developed all these wonderful medications to help you along while you continue to eat your crap. <laughs> exactly yeah it's just so crazy to me the 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 whole thing but I am I have some hope seeing some of these people willing to step out of that and they're putting their careers and their reputations at risk yeah they and that gives me so much respect for them because I can just imagine what that is like you know I think the perfect example there would be Dr. Baker I remember when he and I connected way early on when he was kind of in the middle of that. And I mean, they, he was so quiet about it. He never said a word when he was putting his information out on social media. Most people knew he was an MD, but they were coming after him saying, Oh, well, he lost his license. And right. um, They had no clue that this guy was a veteran, an orthopedic Mm -hmm. freaking surgeon. Do you know how, what it takes to become one of those? These guys are smart. They're not you and know, on the front thought, line too. Yeah. And you'll listen to Dr. Baker and he's, he, he breaks things down. And that's kind of what I like to pattern myself after in a way is mm-hmm. I like to take complex, simple, uh, complex, confusing things and use simple language to absolutely to communicate it. And he uses the word stuff. Well, we've tried all that. There you go. We've tried all that stuff all the time. And I mean, cause yeah, when you get into um, trying to adjust micronutrients and be really fanciful mm-hmm. with all of your medic it's a medical way to approach nutrition it's like you know just eat some meat um, <laughs> water a little bit of salt <laughs> a little water get a little sun i mean i just made that sound if you heard what i just said for those of you who aren't doing that if you start doing it watch what happens to your health leave out sugar grains and vegetable oil i mean we make it sound so simple and it is but yet it really not. is we are designed in a very, I call it a divine design. We are designed to be healthy. We just muck it up by trying to make stuff up and come up with things that are outside of our scope of um, being human. 
and we're trying exactly. to become more and more chemical mechanical. We need to get back. the more and and I, I you've probably noticed this. The more we get back to basics, if you can <laughs> apply this to anything, uh, martial arts. Look in the world of martial arts, and I don't know if you found this in any of my stuff, but I competed it for ten years in an in an amateur martial art organization. I actually won a gold medal in two thousand and in two thousand. And so I've seen, I've, I've competed with the best of the best and I've seen it. And, and even now when I watch these competitions, whether it's jujitsu, MMA, taekwondo, you look at who's winning at the top levels and who's succeeding. And you know what they're doing? They're doing basics. They've mastered the basics. And so in health, it, it, if you just kind of step back from the Beyond Burger, uh, <laughs> all this 50 some odd ingredients in the bread that's being put on your, your burger and, and McDonald's, the beef is good there, but their bread, my gosh. How, and how French you, fries, seed oils. Yeah. So if you just step back from that and go back to your basics, well, what are basics? Let's look at it. Meat. Water. There. Uh, the megafauna are no longer around. Those cow, that cow meat's amazing. They have four chamber stomachs. They go eat that that green stuff and convert it into usable nutrition. Then we eat them and we're like, Oh, we can oh absorb. Yeah. I'm ready to go now. You mm -hmm. know, we don't walk outside and go look at that tree. I think I'm going to go nibble on that leaf. <laughs> right. Take a blade of grass. Nim, nim, nim. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, uh, one of our MDs in the area is pretty funny. He put out a post that said, um, said, Hey, uh, it, it showed somebody mowing their grass and somebody eating a steak. And he's like, I wonder if vegans feel the same way about eating mowing grass. <laughs> Does our mouth water like the guy eating a snake over here? You know, like, no, I don't think so. I think they all, because if you look at what vegans do, they're always trying to imitate. Oh, yes. here's a steak and here's a vegan steak. Here's a vegan. Right, steak. right. They're always trying to emulate, you know, mm -hmm. healthy food by eating a bunch of crap. And so, and it's, but again, we're, we're smart people. You got to give them credit. They know how to make the most crazy foods ever. I mean, that's, that's if, if they would just take mm -hmm. that smarts and turn it into like, you know, more on the health side of the spectrum and become a little bit more intelligent, if you will, and actually do something good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really find that interesting. We talked about that earlier, how when when people that are uh, doing the plant based and they're really into it or the vegan type practices, when things are just getting worse, they double down on it and they just do. Yeah. It. And to me, that makes that's that insanity definition where just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect I did it for 40 years I'm like oh my what goodness we, what was I thinking yes. kept doing the same thing and I thought I, it's something wrong with me I'm not doing it right so I need to do it again and harder or I need you know, to add really in more cool vegetables you, yeah that's that is awesome I, what, what is cool about you is that you know you you lost this tremendous amount of weight but Amber really what you did is you restored your health and that's a whole different thing. Weight loss is not Absolutely. that hard to do. Yes. You, no, you that's a piece of cake. That's and, easy. And I easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, people. I mean, you know, I have lost 80 to hundred pounds four times, four times, wow. not to mention all the 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds that I've lost in between here, you know, <laughs> in the 40 years. I hope Big people are deal. here because now you've been, you've been healthy for how long now? Uh, I'd say probably four years. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's, this is probably your longest run of being healthy, right? Yes. And here's the thing. And I think this is important too. It's, you mentioned earlier how we're 
forever changing and we have to adapt and change with our bodies. Well, yeah, my body is changing and and not necessarily in in the best way because like I mentioned, the high cortisol, I'm having a little bit of sleep issues and and it's not, and and I've changed nothing with my eating or my physical right. Activity. So that's remained that's all stable, the same. But some other yes. things change. Yes. Yeah. And right. so I have put on weight. And I mean, I'm not excited about that. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's my health that I now get that is way more important than that little bit of extra weight. You know, I don't well, I don't have to be that size zero. I, you well, know, maybe that- maybe that's not good for me. Well, no, that's, a, that's actually a really good point. And I try to, in all the cases that I currently manage and work with, I don't ever, we never have a particular weight or mm-hmm. size. We work with a range. And the reason we pick a range is because there are going to be fluctuations oh, based yeah. on time and what happens in that time. If something happens in their family, if they have a death in their family, if they have mm-hmm. a change in their lifestyle, such as like, like they had to move a job, a career change, a COVID lockdown. We don't know right. what's going to happen. Those are lifestyle factors that change the way your physiology Absolutely. Is. And so if your diet remains the same and it's what, mm-hmm. it's what got you to where you mm-hmm. are, well, if that diet remains the same, but things around it change, guess what? Your body's going to respond to that diet differently. Yes, you can yes. put on weight doing keto, carnivore. You can even be, I've got people that have been doing fasting and not 48 hours or more, but OMAD and they've gained weight on OMAD. Sure. You know, one meal a day because they eat it kind of late at night. They've been stressing. They go to sleep. They have food on their stomach. They don't lose any weight whatsoever. And in fact, they gain and they right. get bloated. Yes. So yeah, it's, this is not a lot of people, you know, again, the truth being put out there, it's not just your diet. And there mm-hmm. is a preferred ratio of nutrition. Absolutely. Yes, there is. And most people have that wrong. You got to get that right first. And then there are other factors that you need to work with in order to establish true health. And absolutely functional medicine practitioners are in that direction. I don't think everybody does it right, but some of the MDs that have gotten the certification Mm -hmm. uh, yourself, you've restored your health. You're already looking in the right areas to try to say, Hey, I've got these symptoms. Okay. My diets remain the same. There's some other things going on that you got to work with. And there are, and I started weeding stuff out. I I did some testing. I've tried various things and it's pretty much down to cortisol. How did you find out your cortisol? Did you do a a test through like Nordic lab? I did three different tests actually, and through two different companies and it was the mail-in ones. I did urine, I did blood as well. And saliva. Nordic labs. Is that one of them? No. Um, Everly well. And um, let's get checked. And, you know, I, I tested my thyroid. That's all good. I'm about to test Mm -hmm. it again because I had a a company send me a kit. So I'm going to do it again. And so I'm just curious to see if that's changed. When you are low carb, it's good to keep an eye on your thyroid there. Yeah. You just never know. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to look at things. And if I need to make changes, I will. I'm not so dogmatic that, oh my God, I will never eh, step out. of. No, I have to change with my body. And I think people don't really understand that you find something that works and it's Awesome. And it worked for me and it was awesome. I mean, awesome. At that time. Right. At that time. Right. And right. now 
my body's different. My situation is different. So I'm having to figure that out again. And I've talked about this multiple times, but you know, it, it's like, you're, you know, an investigator. So you gotta, you know, do your due diligence and try to figure it out because I already know my diet is on point. That's not my well, issue. And it, it could I, be on point, but you might that through further testing, you might actually find that there can be some things you can do there with your diet, shifting the time frame in which you do eat that, it. it. Absolutely. Eating, yes. eating windows, spreading it out, compressing it. There are things you can do, but yes, testing is a key thing. And yes. because you do need to put together a picture of what's going on. Rarely is it one thing like when you say cortisol is up, well, my immediate thought goes to that's that's one constituent, but there's got to be some other things going on that, oh, yeah, that, that, that are associated yeah. with that. And so again, what are, did you get a C-reactive protein or high sensitivity C-reactive protein? Did you? I, it, it's a very extensive one that I did. I don't mm -hmm. know if it hit every single thing. I, I, I need to check into okay. that. Uh, the kid I have now supposedly hits all those points, you know, that you hear that you really need to hit. Um, yeah. So I'm going to do that again. But, you know, I there, there's also something that needs to be said too that I don't think is said enough is that even if your diet is on point, if you're not able to absorb the the nutrients from that on point diet, uh, what the hell good? I mean, I'm not saying go eat candy bars at that point, but there there could be other issues like low stomach acid, you know, C diff, uh, mold toxicity. There's so 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 much out there. So you never stop trying to figure out what's wrong because it, it's never just so simple as you know, one little thing. It, it, it's, right. And you it, it's, it's, it's actually there. very complicated. <laughs> it, well, it, it is, it, it is complicated. I would say, let the go to people who take those complex issues and start breaking them down for you. Because again, exactly. It, it, it I think, I think we are real. I think we're simple enough. We are, if you do some simple things, they're very powerful, but when things fall apart, the way we look at it starts being a little complicated and we need somebody to kind of put it together yes. in a sensible way. And that's going to be people that are. And again, right now, as far as finding professionals to do that and people, I lean more in the functional medicine territory. Absolutely. But I do like that Agreed. MD, DO that's had some training there because they're coming from a very rigorous background in science. And yet they're able to take a lot of the functional Plus, medicine. Yeah. Pull, plug it in and start looking at it. I think um, uh, Paul Saladino is he he did that and of course the i saw his transition i remember he used to put i'm gonna call him out here a little bit but he, used to put, um, <laughs> he was concerned about methylation eating too much beef and this is when he was developing his nose to tail uh-huh concept and he would put um collagen on his steak <laughs> i was like oh that's funny um trying to bounce the glycine <laughs> levels and all that and i was like okay i see how this is going and then later on you know I, I, but i saw him take his training his classic training and plug in the functional medicine. And then I started mm -hmm. seeing this well-rounded approach. So I, yeah. I really appreciate his work. I love how Sean Baker's mm -hmm. come out and exposed people to the meat eating community. Like, look, you can do this all mm -hmm. day long and you're going to be healthier than if you don't. Yeah. You could still run into problems, but you're not going to die of all the things that's killing you when you're eating all these plants. And exactly. Stuff, right? right. So I kind of yeah. like that. So yeah, now that we've kind of figured that out and we know that we do need to eat more animal-based protein, more of that mm -hmm. and less of this over here. Okay, that's good. Now we just need to get that information out there. As we're making this transition, there are going to be people that are doing that, but they're still having some health issues. Now we can start yes. looking. We've, we've eliminated, we know it's not your 
your oxalate levels and things. You're not eating too many leaf, green leafies. Right, and, right. You know, no, we know <laughs> we know you're not having an a, an oxalate dump. Or, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things I can rule out. You know. Right, right. So. And you know, again, back to uh, you mentioned another key thing about thyroid. You know, in medicine, a lot of people, the endocrinologists are all really big about that, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the proponents, the, the carbohydrate proponents are, I, I think they have a point here there. We do, I'm not saying uh, carbohydrates, number one, are not essential. No, mm-hmm. the only two essentials are protein, animal-based protein and fat. That's where your essentials come from. That's it. Everything else is optional. The more health issues we will have in our diet. Now you have other issues in your life as well that will cause some reactions in your body that's probably what you're dealing with there and yeah your diet may have to you know be changed a little to kind of coordinate Mm -hmm. with whatever you find your issue is so that's where it does get a little complicated yeah we are going to make things complicated when in fact we are relatively simple creatures we've just moved so far away from our simple way of being exactly we've just blown it to the roof and we're all confused you know or the general Uh, yeah well yeah definitely yeah. Well, now, as, as far as you go, what is your current approach now that you figured this out about your cortisol? What are you doing? Well, and this is kind of funny. It's kind of a double-edged sword. I've been doing a lot of certifications this summer since I'm not keeping my um, granddaughter during the day. So, oh. and I've been doing, you know, like neuro-linguistic practitioner certification. NLP. Um, yeah. Yes. And um, cognitive so behavioral. And I've done hip, hypnosis. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and so I've done, you know, a bunch of these different certifications, hoping that I can figure out a way to better manage my stress. And, you know, yes, eating the diet I eat does help with mood and, you know, those kind of things. Yes. But there's still a lot of uh, stress and, and it could be internal stress as well. I mean, there's different stresses. It's not just external, like losing a job stress. There's other stresses too, but I do recognize. Are you, are you getting in that- your dancing once a week? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's more, very important. It, you might want to have one more time in the week, you know. Yeah, there you go. But but it Wednesday is important night. to get out. And and I'm one of those people who I'm very social, and I I like people. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah, I, I want to smack people, but I like people, and I want to be around people. I like to. I, I know this sounds weird, but I like to touch people like hugs and, you know, handshakes or whatever. I like that physical contact with right. people. And so when I didn't have that, oh, Lordy, I was starting to go down. And even my husband's like, oh, yeah, there's, well, I mean, yes. this is not okay for you. Neurotransmitters <laughs> go yeah. nuts. There's yeah. your, your drop in your serotonin, dopamine yeah. levels start to get wonky there that that can cause some problems yeah absolutely you're a kinesthetic person and then you're you're removed from that yeah Yeah. and it's terrible you know and at least I live with my husband and my mother and I Mm -hmm. have I at that time I had two dogs so you know I had some companionship where there are other people who were you know literally locked up by themselves and if they're a person like me oh goodness well any person but especially if you're you know like to be social so your your thing about the dancing besides just the physical part it's being around people who have the like right. interest mm-hmm. being around my friends because I mean I have a lot of friends at at, at our dance hall you know including well, yeah, the owners we just, so we just like, talked about that um yeah. part of health is what is your uh, like when when I do a health assessment when I do a comprehensive one 
I want to know how people are with their family and their community. What are their community relations like? What are their friend, their family and friends? Because that is part of health. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, some people need a little injection of that into their life because they've been isolated from it. COVID yes. was a big part of that. And so I've actually had people, I'm either making them go put their feet on the ground, like my patient I just talked about. I'm, I'm always putting people outside in some way and then around others that they really enjoy being around because sometimes we find that we just get isolated. And again, that's, that's a part of it, but there's so much more that goes into it as well. And mm -hmm. you and I are here talking about diet. Diet is our, in my opinion, is our foundation. Yes, it is our okay. foundation. And I think right after that, this is where we debate a lot, but right after that is sleep. Um, I agree. The diet's going to dictate your sleep, but I, I know there's some interplay uh -huh. on all the arguments, but the, the biggest successes I've had, I've changed the diet and then the sleep comes into play. It's easier to work with. Yes. Once I get their diet to more of a species specific mm -hmm. diet and that their, their, their health has improved dramatically. It's so much easier to work with those remaining issues. I'll just say it like yeah, that. Yeah, I will say sleep mm -hmm. is something I think you hear about it. Oh, get your sleep, your eight hours, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think people really understand how incredibly important it is. For example, when I don't get good sleep, and I'm talking quality sleep, I need seven hours quality sleep. That's what I need. You know, eight would be awesome, but seven is what I need. If I don't get that, I can't really function. I, I like try to say a sentence. And it's like dyslexic or something. Right, I don't even know. Right, it's so right. not there. And my husband will look at me and go, what in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and, and then he's like, <laughs> you've got to sleep. It's so bad that he will like actually get up with the puppy on weekends when he does have to get up to go to work to get the puppy out before the puppy ever bothers me so I can actually sleep because it's that detrimental. Wow. You know, right, to, you to my... Do you do coffee? Are you a, a coffee drinker? I did do coffee, but yeah. I haven't had coffee in about a month and a half or month, so. Yeah. Uh, was adrenal fatigue one of your concerns, you think? Uh, yeah, actually, I was a little concerned about that. I think I'm okay there, but I don't know. Okay. I mean, you know, you kind of hear it can about take that. a little while. It's, it's like, about a three month yeah. process once you get off of that for things to accommodate. Mm -hmm. And so, that's why I got off coffee was, yeah. was not because of, I was worried about caffeine per se, but because of the possible effect it has on cortisol. Uh, well, and yeah, cortisol for sure. And that's your, uh, your GI um, tract is definitely oh, affected by coffee. A, a it would give me acid uh, reflux. And that is something that I struggle with awful. I was on Nexium for eight years. Okay. It was awful. Awful. I would lay back and acid would come up in my mouth. It was awful. Well, awful. you did longer than so, I did. It took me one year daily of GERD one year. I don't know how you did eight young lady. I do because I did one year every I, day. That was what, that was the kicker for me. I'm like, this is wrong. I, I can't do this every day. I mean, and that picture that I sent you and I showed you, I mean, I couldn't move. And I mean, there was, I'm, I'm a, yeah. I have a small, a fairly small frame. I'm five, six months, uh, excuse me, five, seven muscular. And so you put five pounds around my gut and that's a lot. I don't know how people can be obese. And when I did get obese, I was just the most, oh yeah. Yeah. You imagine the acid reflux there. You, I mean, mine was like, I, I felt like a balloon. I know you've got mm. me way beat on that. But you could you could carry some weight. I couldn't. I was at the point where, like, if you poked me with a pin, I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would have popped. Well, that's how I, 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 mean, felt, I was but yeah. so distended. And then, wow. so the GERD is what was the, was the kicker with me. I'm like, okay, I'm, mm -hmm. I've had enough. I can't be presenting to my patients in an unhealthy way, trying to tell them what to do to get healthy. When exactly. I myself am the picture of ill health, I had seborrheic dermatitis. I had skin, that, that skin issue I had. Um, oh yeah. The, I can only imagine if I, I mean, I can go without deodorant now. My wife won't notice it. I can go without <laughs> brushing my teeth. She won't notice it. I mean, but I don't say those things because it's like, oh my gosh, you got to wear deodorant. It's like, gonna... oh, gross, nasty. <laughs> but boy, when you're carb-based and you're eating all this stuff, you smell yeah. and you know, it's just awful. And so true. you clean up, man, you just feel so much more human. Yeah. And and it's it's just the, that natural energy. I started to feel pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Now, I was one of those guys that had such a, GI issue, I probably had my colon completely depleted of any kind of good flora because I was one of those that when I went carnivore, when I did the carnival, I had diarrhea for about a little more than three weeks. Oh, oh yeah. It just, I mean, any kind of rendered fat, any, any beef like ground mm. beef, I could do a steak, a lean steak, you know, but uh, my gallbladder is like, Hey, what's all this stuff coming through here? We've never seen all this much fat. You've been limiting your fat. Now all of a sudden you're going to eat. Yeah. And so that, but once that, once my GI tract accommodated to it, mm -hmm. the adaptation phase, I mean, it's been no turning back. Now I'm pretty flexible. I can eat about anything and not react. Now, if I do it for about a week in a row, right. Oh right. yeah. I'll start, I'll start to suffer. So oh, that's yeah. about where I'm at too. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I've, I've got to the point where, you know, some people, they honestly probably can't ever have certain things, you know, right. Caleb they Peterson for actual, one, right. my they friend Brett. Allergies. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I am not that person. Now, it, it, again, if I was to, you know, eat whatever it is over a long period of time, yeah, I'm sure I'd be right back in the same position. But for me yeah. to go off the wagon per se, um, it doesn't affect me. Honestly, right. I don't even feel bad the next day. What and about, it's not um, something I do very often, but like on my birthday, I did actually have half of a chocolate flourless tort, but mm -hmm. I did a CGM experiment with it and it barely moved my blood glucose. Girl, so I was like, well, just get your real one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, that's what I want. That's the only dessert that I really kind of sort of missed was we, we, that we particular one. If you've been healthy for more than three months, I'm like, look, go hit it. Enjoy. I mean, you'll have some bloat and whatever the next day, but yeah, experiment. This is when you need to experiment. And I've got, mm -hmm. I've got so many clients out there right now that do that. They're healthy. They've held their weight for, oh gosh, some of them three and a half, four years now. And they've been, they've dropped all their weight They and they experiment and they've all changed along these years. I've been tracking them. They, they, they fluctuate about 10 pounds and then they'll go through periods where they're a little up. They'll just, then they'll go back to their you know, leaner way of eating and they just drop it back down. Then they go up, but they stay in this range and they can eat with their family. They can drink their beer. They can go eat their mm -hmm. pizza. They can't eat the full large pizza like they used to, but they can eat right. a quarter of it and not suffer that I have no more GERD. I used to get GERD every time I ate. Oh. Now I can do it and I don't. I can go to mm -hmm. New Orleans and eat all the fun foods that I want. But of course you don't do it every day because no. it'll just break you down again. And next thing you know, you're you have autoimmune disorders, you have GI disorders and you have, it's not worth it. It's just not, it's but really yeah, not. you know, really just not. like I said, for my birthday, I did have half of, of and, and it's not a big piece anyway, I'm gonna but send that real. was all <laughs> that I could do. That's all I could do yeah. because I, I, I was done. I mean, my body said, Oh, I see you're that done. Was, it, you it, dairy? I, <laughs> that is my one thing. Um, I, I do the brood 
cacao now the the oh i have some of that that is awesome oh good god that's good i have no idea if it's as bad as i do it's like chocolate milk isn't it oh yeah 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 i just got some uh first time i decided let me let me try this a little bit and i got some in Uh, i did the little kit too where i got the french press and Mm. um so i the, the cacao is already um it's already ground. I got the ground. I don't mm-hmm. grind it myself. And I got this. Yeah. I put it in there. I did the French press thing, knocked it down. And then I put now I have a source where I can get raw milk and oh, uh, or nice. a two milk. Now, I, and of course, we have to experiment with those things because some people just can't do dairy. But my right. lactose intolerant people can do the a two milk or the, um, right. you know, the non homogenized milk. And we can get some around here. But raw milk, that's a game changer if you can do that. Yeah. Uh, you just if you're sensitive to casein, then yeah, if you uh, have the casein sensitivity, well, okay, you got to try it out. But raw milk for me is a game changer. Mm. And when I put that in the uh, the brewed cacao, that so is good. just like I, I feel so guilty. <laughs> I know, I know I right? Guilty. It's decadent. And honestly, yeah. I was never. I'm I'm not a coffee person per se. As far as I love coffee taste, no. Give the coffee black to me. <laughs> yuck no why it's right. like what the heck is wrong with people who like this well but, that's uh, then you add the cream that. and stuff actually that that's the <sighs> preferred drink of serial killers I, I read that in a psychological magazine well i can understand <laughs> why because if i had to drink that crap i would probably want to kill somebody too, right <laughs> but <laughs> it's nasty i don't get it but you know well, no, there the are some good stuff, ones but... out there but you kind of have to search and look and i'd say if you um, have that much of an addiction you need to kind of uh, see that's what i'm saying it, it was right. not an addiction for me i was not addicted to caffeine i had zero issues when i stopped it zero um so it it wasn't like i had that Very much good. but but it was really more like a comfort thing and i know that's not necessarily you know a great thing to do especially if you have um eating disorder issues right. um which i have a long history of that i'm i'm good now but um Obviously, you know yeah. just just right. wanting that you know the routine the you know, that's the one thing you allow yourself in the morning to kind of chill and you're checking your whatever, your emails and stuff before you really get into stuff and you're kind of relaxing. And, you know, so it was kind of like a more of a habit to me. It wasn't, right. oh my God, I have to have my coffee. No, right. I, I could care less about the, I didn't need the pep. I, I've never needed the pep. I mean, right. I have lots of energy as far as that goes. So that's never been a problem or waking up. I, I I'm a morning person, but I'm not a morning person. If that makes any sense, I function very well in the morning. And I'm one of these, you know, woohoo, hello, good morning. You know, <laughs> you know, my dogs, oh, hi, da, 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 you know, whatever. And, you know, I had coworkers who would go, oh, good God, you got to get out of my face. I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you do, do you do dairy? I, I didn't get that. Um, I use the cream in my uh, cacao. How are you saying? Okay, gotcha. Um, And every once in a while, I will have cheese. Like for some weird reason, last week I wanted an omelet. I had Mm -hmm. leftover filet mignon. So I cut that up in really thin strips. And I I don't even eat eggs. Some reason eggs kind of make me nauseous. Mm -hmm. And so I don't eat them very often, but I wanted eggs and I wanted you know, so I, I put some, uh, cheddar cheese in there, the Tillamook, Tillamook, however you say it, I put that in there. And, um, I, I did that twice last week, which is very unusual for me. That'd be, that's something that's like, I don't know, once every three months I would do. So I don't do it very often except for the cream, the cream. Gotcha. Well, you know, and, and that's where I tell people when they ask me about animal-based, what about dairy? 
I, I always recommend, I don't recommend just pasteurized in your classic, um, especially like sliced cheese. You got to watch for vegetable oil in those products, but a hard aged mm, cheese yeah. usually does pretty good. And then of course, on the milk side of the equation, either an A2 milk, if you can get that or non-homogenized milk. And if you can get raw, it's great to experiment with, but mm-hmm. I don't think those are essentials. Those are nice animal-based products to have. Yes. Um, and just out of curiosity, I also saw that you, um, you had engaged with someone. I meant to ask you this question. Oh, you mentioned eating disorder and somebody uh-huh. chimed in on one of your posts that was like, Oh, just kind of dismissing it as a discipline issue. Do you remember what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh gosh. I, I think that do. needs to be addressed. Because, oh. you know, one thing about dairy, just going back to that, just real quick, you know, and meat. One, another big problem we have in our country, another huge problem is that we do all this huge industrial monocropping development of food and whatnot. The more we get back to those basics, like small regenerative farming practices, yes. the healthier people are. So using yes. what you're eating, eating produce like uh, vegetables and fruits from a small regenerative farm. That's great because that means they're taking care of the soil. They're taking care of the environment. They're taking care of their animals. The animals take care of us. It's a wonderful cycle. And you're starting to see that in some smaller areas. In yes. Texas, I know of. It's and in, um, getting more and more. We're, yeah. we're getting there. And yeah. it's, but we, we need so much more uh, yes. political uh, ump. We do. We need money mm-hmm. in this. And that somebody's going to have to organize it. And I'm hoping, you know, now that we've got a few influencers that are dedicated, you know, to being out there, they don't I, like I practice every day and see 30 patients a day. And there may be a time when I'm kind of, you know, have that time when I go, okay, now I need to go fight the good fight. We need those people out there collecting money, going for political initiatives and getting it done at that level, because otherwise we're just going to see more and more and more vilification of what's good for you. And we're going to see stuff being promoted. That's really bad for you. I mean, you're seeing it now you've been seeing it for the last, you know, 30 years or so, but yeah, back to um, the eating (laughs) disorder thing that needs to be addressed because this guy came out and said, Oh, I don't believe in this. You just like discipline. Uh, like discipline and willpower. Okay. That is a very trigger subject for me because I am like, excuse me, excuse me. Speaking from personal experience, you're not going to find anybody who has bigger willpower than me. And you can ask my husband. You can ask him. He will tell you. I will cut my nose off to spite my face to do something once I set my mind to it. That's it. Done. Bam. And it's, I noticed when you over. get when you get fired up, that country like Texas Whoa. accent is coming out. Oh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Bless your heart and all Let that. Yeah. But and he kept coming back with that. And I'm like, obviously, you have never had an eating disorder because that is a mental issue. This is, a, is this is an illness. This is something. No, you don't tell an alcoholic, to, just get over it. Right. Use he kept your relating willpower. It to, being, to people being fat and they just need to quit. Yeah. You yeah. just to quit. It has nothing to a dysmorphia has nothing to do with no, you fat no. or skinniest, your non-acceptance no. of your exactly. appearance. And I, that's what I kept trying yeah. to tell him. I had yeah. already lost my weight. I already had a size zero body. Okay. I was wearing these little tiny clothes, but I looked in the mirror and I saw something else. Is, is Was that my willpower? And that's what you also felt inside. That's the key yes. thing. That's your mindset, yeah. not where your body a, was. No. That's, that is a psychological issue. That's it not a is. physiologic. No. Yeah. 
don't tell me nothing about willpower. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oof, oh, that one. Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's those kind of comments. That's why I was telling you I had a rough week last week. And that was my, you know, my birthday. Well, the, when like, you, what? well, that's why I'm asking because when you mentioned having that rough week, I remember mm. we kind of had this little engagement mm. And I actually, I think I chimed in on that because I, I was like, did. wait a minute. Um, I, I see people with dysmorphia issues, somato, mm. uh, muscle dysmorphia, if they're bodybuilders, um, right. any, any kind of, I mean, any extreme of uh, physiology, physiologic presentation. Like, I don't think uh, being a bodybuilder, strong man is that healthy. They die early, have a lot of marathons, but, running yeah. all the time. And heck, they're inflamed more than anybody. Um, there, there is this middle range that we all need to try to. I don't, I don't believe in balance. I, I think things fluctuate. They fluctuate, mm-hmm. but the extremes is where you have a lot of problems. Right. And in dysmorphia, you the way you're seeing and believing things is not what's. There's a disconnect there. Absolutely. So you guys are all over the place. And what mm-hmm. I'm trying to do as a non-qualified professional, I'm, I'm trying to find them help. And if I can't, then I take it on and I try to really get that person in touch, you know, with who they really are, what it really does look like. And then yeah. again, start implementing those practices. But one of the first things I'm doing is making sure they got enough cholesterol and fat in their diet, because otherwise they're not firing right. Right. That, absolutely. It's so hard for them to think rationally, but they've had so many years of either emotional, uh, I'm not going to say the word abuse. I'll just say issues because some of trauma. them have been abused and it's some of trauma. them have they've, they've been in environments where they've just mm-hmm. been suppressed, oppressed, mm-hmm. beaten down, and that's mm-hmm. their, their belief coming through. And now their body reflects that. And then when they change their body, their mind's still the same. Oh yeah. So you can be skinny, you can be uh, ripped, you can be obese. It doesn't matter as long as this is still off. That's exactly yeah. right. And, and willpower, pff, that's not well, going to touch willpower that. Willpower to do whatever you decide to do, that's not going to fix the problem. No, yeah, the, the problem Will- is still, and that is something I always say, is mm-hmm. if you're losing weight because you think that on the other side, you're going to be happy, that's going to make you happy, you are sadly mistaken. Because the reason why you kind of did the whole eating thing to begin with, there's probably something there that needed to be dealt with some trauma. And even though somebody may think that what you consider to be a trauma is not really a trauma, it was a trauma to you. And so nobody gets to judge and decide that your trauma isn't worthwhile of you having these issues that that's another one of my triggers. I don't like that. (laughs) You know, you don't get to decide that, but you know, you have all this going on. And it's like, I even forgot where I was going with that one, but yeah, you just get me on another tangent. No, I didn't. I was just, no, we're talking about dysmorphia and how, uh, that, that is also a, that's a stressor. Uh, and we're, I was curious because again, when Mm. we engaged with that last week, um, Mm. and you said this week's been kind of a tough one. I was curious Mm. if that was part of it. Yeah. That, that, that started it, but then it was just one thing after another. And it's like, you're giving out misinformation. Where is your proof? Show me your research. And my question is, show me your research. Oh, absolutely. Number one, there is is like meat causing cancer. Okay. God, I'm (laughs) sick of that one. I'm like, show me one, what one research study that has been done with just meat, just meat without the seed oils, without all this other mess. Right. I was told that, oh, I'm disagreeing with over 182 studies put out by the World Health Organization, blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, 
Yes. And they said, well, where's your proof? And I said, well, number one, I have uh, human history. I've got about 1.8 million years I could point to. And then <laughs> I can also take each one of those studies. I said, I tell you what, and I, I, I was willing to do this, oh, but God. he didn't bite. I said, send me one study that validates what you're saying. Send me one and I will honestly, we'll go side by side online and I will look at the data. You look at the data and we'll critique it. And we'll, we'll determine whether this, this study is valid and specific. We'll go through all the research parameters. Mm -hmm. I'm trained mm -hmm. in that. And I've looked at three of them and the, they were trash. And so that leads me to believe it's kind of like um, in court, when someone lies, you automatically go perjury. You automatically go, well, if you are perjured yourself once, we can't believe the rest of your testimony. I saw those first three studies and I'm like, they, these are crap. These are, yeah. they were calling, they, it was epidemiology that they were yes. using. And I'm not downing epidemiology, but mm. using nutritional to determine nutritional requirements and whether healthy or not, that, that, was, that was crap because they were calling meat. There was, there were questionnaires <laughs> and pizza was considered. Uh, that blows my mind. Yeah. I, I read that. that. Yeah. And, mm -mm. and that's true. I, I actually had that study and I'm going, well, that's crap. Cause that's, well, that's, that's not me. That that's, that's, and, that's, and also they had some processed there now. I, I, now they've since come out. There's some good studies now that show, yeah, processed meat. There's no proof. I don't recommend people go eat a bunch of processed meat, but right. hey, look, if you get a hankering for some Vienna sausages, I'm not going to fuss at you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than eating, you know, crackers or something. It, it really is. What's, what's funny is like when you watch, if you watch me eat, I'll literally on, on a cheat, let's do a cheat day here. If you want to call it a cheat day or on a metabolic day where I've, I've been doing really good and I'm with family and they said, Hey, we made you this burger, whatever. I'm going to eat everything they give me, but I will. This is where my priorities lie. I'll literally open the hamburger and I'll take off the tomato and the lettuce and the onions and I'll still eat the French fries. I'll take away the vegetation, the plants, you know, the, the green stuff. Uh -huh. And I nasty you know tuber there that 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 nightshade <laughs> and the high the high glycemic carb or what i do i honestly think I, i'm, I'm going to get away with more <laughs> and it's going to benefit me sort of you know if I, that's a workout day it'll be great i'll pump my insulin up use it for an anabolic you know <clears throat> and we call that you know we my son and i call it it's just a little biohacking we'll eat something bad and create a little metabolic window during our workouts because i do uh, a limited amount of strength training because I think as a physical therapist and as a trained professional in, in health, the number one health parameter physically that we can really measure and use and, and is good research is strength, strength, mm -hmm. strength training. Yes. If you have a low grip strength, okay, you have a <coughs> cardiovascular disease. A lot of people don't realize that. Go, go to your local fitness center, go to your local physical therapist they have the the gauges and and the uh the the statistics and they can look up your age appropriate age and sex appropriate grip strength and if you're low you need to be doing some strength training to get that up because you are at risk it's kind of like the height the weight height ratio um the waist to hip ratio um things like that those have some pretty good correlations to early more early morbidity um and mm -hmm. cardiovascular disease <laughs> at the um, triglyceride HDL ratio, things like that, that people don't use commonly. There's some simple ways that you can measure health and grip strength is a real simple one. And if you have, I mean, all my cardiac rehab That's patients, interesting. they all have to have, I mean, even the little old ladies that come in and, you know, cardiac rehab, 
they're going to put them on treadmills and, um, and bikes and do all this cardio work. You come into my cardiac rehab center, you're lifting weights. You are basically strength training. I do a little bit of cardio. We make sure that you have a certain, um, uh, VO two max. We, we make Mm -hmm. sure that you have a certain endurance, a capacity, uh, um, to be able to go work in your yard and, and not get short of breath, things like that. So there's ways we measure that. But if you just watch what they do, they probably might get on a treadmill, maybe three to five minutes, maybe on a bike, three to five minutes. That's their warm up basically, because after that they're hitting the weights, their strength training, and they are the healthiest people They're They, their um, cardiac indicators, all the measures that we do, blood included coronary artery calcium scan. I'm a big proponent of that. All those Mm -hmm. when they change their diet to more animal-based and they get more strength training. They don't do cardio. They might take walks at night, but they're not joggers. They're not runners. They're not, they don't walk for two hours at a time. They don't do steppers. They don't do, you know, running on treadmills. They do strength training and they learn. And and a lot of people in my area are seeing that now. And I'm, I'm putting the dent in it because we have more people stopping the insanity and basically saying, you know, because I've never had one person come in my clinic and say, I was just too strong. Nope. That's a good point. That's a good they point. Come in, right. They don't come in. They, they've never come in my clinic and said, yeah, I got this problem. And I was just, just too strong. Too strong. Yeah. No, they don't strength from there. You can build endurance, speed, flexibility, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. That's your main. And if you look at it from a health perspective, the way even mainstream medicine has some measures out there, grip strength being one of them, Look, the stronger you are, the better. That does not mean you need to go and become a bodybuilder. You need to be strong like a good homo sapien should be. Okay. I'm going to have to test my, my grip strength. Now I'm curious. I don't think mine's all yeah, that Go great. get your grip strength tested. See where you are. Yeah. And you know I what? I bet it's not very good. Pull-ups, push-ups. And if you can't do a pull-up, that's fine. Just to hang, just getting that grip strength up. Push-ups. Anybody can do a modified push-up on the mm-hmm. countertop. You know, just put your body at a little slant if you right. can't do a regular one. I mean, look. These, the only reason we have to exercise nowadays is kind of insane. If you think about it, exercise is weird. Imagine a caveman who doesn't have cavities. We got to go exercise. Cavemen <laughs> didn't have cavities. I'm always telling people that too. They yeah, didn't, have true. didn't have heart disease, didn't have stroke. They right, were right. And they didn't have a bunch of fat all around me. Just as long as not longer, they come in and look at us. Now they're going to say, why are you wasting all this energy? <laughs> right. It's, it's crazy. So, but we have to get exercise in because we don't right. have a lifestyle. Technology has right. evolved faster than we have. And so we have to inject that activity into our bodies. So our joints, our muscles, uh, our cardiovascular system, everything, our brain, the brain muscle connection, the gut brain connection, it all stays healthy when you're getting that activity. And you do, you kind of have to push yourself. And if you don't feel good, if you can't exercise because you feel like crap, then fix your freaking diet. That's our approach. Fix your diet, get to feeling good, I love it. then exercise. Fix your diet, get your lifestyle going, okay? Get to feeling good, then exercise. Don't try to exercise to make yourself feel good. That's like climbing a brick wall or, or driving a car with a wheel out of alignment. And you just drive it faster and you'll wear that tire out. Well, right. you replace the tread, take your pill. Replace the tread, but keep going. Well, you got to do it again. Not until somebody straightens that wheel out and things move smooth. Well, you're that's right. That's the best analogy I can give you on kind of the approach. I think everybody should be taking and strength is that number one quality that if you want to just, you know, I don't care how many squats you can do that does have a measure there, but I mean, we can, we can measure your grip strength and go, okay, 
Yep, it's weak, and that puts you in a higher risk category for cardiovascular disease compared to those who have a stronger. That's so risk. interesting. I had no clue. Well, Wade, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there because that was awesome. That's a and good way. We to have end. been yabber yabbering for a long time, <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. It's so fun and it's so much fun with all busting these myths and getting the truth out there. It is. It's so good. thank you, thank it. you for coming on. And hey, y'all subscribe to my channel don't y'all forget and then go follow wade so again yeah, wade, i'm at physio underscore um i'll put everything below dr wade yeah yeah i, I forget it sometimes all right amber it's i been will a pleasure do being with you yeah thank you wade bye